Hi, my name's Mrs Guthrie and I'm going to be reading Chapter 18, The Bear, Yanka. A groan starts deep in my belly and rolls into my throat. I try to swallow it back, but it turns into a roar that blasts from my mouth. Confused and frightened by how much my body has changed, I lash out at the ground and my claws scrape scars into the rock. I stare at them feeling as lost and out of control as a swift in a snowstorm. My grandmother appears at the cave entrance and ambles over. What's wrong, she asks. Her voice is a calm, mellow rumble. Look at me, I'm a bear. My breath huffs from my snout in short, hot bursts. What's wrong with being a bear? My, my grandmother sits next to me and licks the fur on one of her front paws with a long pink tongue. This is what you wanted, isn't it? My brow furrows. Was this what I wanted? My head is full of a thick grey fog. I look up at my grandmother in the desperate hope that she'll make everything clear. You were the happiest little bear cub, my grandmother rolls onto her side and stares at me with steady chestnut eyes. Her expression is familiar as sunshine. Every moment you were bursting with curiosity and joy. You're, you bound through the forest, chasing birds, splashing through streams, digging the earth. You'd climb onto my back when you were tired and curl up beside me to sleep. Memories swell in my mind, clear as meltwater, racing after bullfinches, snapping river bubbles with my teeth, snuffling for roots and the warmth of my grandmother's fur. I lean into her, breathe her in her earthy scent. It's so good to have you home. My grandmother looks out over the forest. We used to do this every evening, sit here together watching the sunset. I nod, remembering sunsets of every colour. But then my gaze is pulled south. I remember looking that way too. I peer into the distance and see the great frozen river and something nestled on its bank, so tiny and far away. The village, I exclaim. I can see the village from here. My grandmother rises to her feet and yawns. Let's go fishing. Fishing? I turn back to her, confused. You want to go fishing? I'm hungry. She steps over the ledge. Aren't you? My belly suddenly feels cavernous. And I remember I haven't eaten all day. But there are so many questions I have for my grandmother. Important questions about my past and what's happening to me now and what it means for my future. I open my mouth to ask her to wait, but she's already gone. I wobble to my feet and notice my clothes strewn on the ground around me. My coat is ripped apart, my map and Evan's claw are several dust apricots spilling from the pockets. The skirt mamachika embroidered is a torn and crumbled mess. I tried to bundle them up to move them somewhere safe, but my paws are too big and my movements too clumsy. Growling with frustration, I give up and bound after my grandmother. Why will I lose her if she gets too far away? I stumble on the steep slope, fall over and smack my head on a rock. I rise onto my back feet and try to walk ahead instead, but that isn't any easier. 
My balance is all wrong and I buckle under my own weight. I lower myself down and try walking on all fours again. Finding a rhythm is impossible. My legs keep tangling and my head is so close to the ground I can't see obstacles until they're right in front of me. My grandmother moves slowly into the distance while with every step I take I struggle not to slide or tumble. By the time I reach the bottom of the mountain I'm aching from the effort, sore from falling over and I've lost my grandmother. I lift my snout into the air to search for her scent and breathe in a rainbow of smells. My mind tingles. As a human, the forest was full of smells, but this is incredible, otherworldly. Every tree has its own perfume, a mixture of bark and sap and other scents left by creatures who crept or scurried across them. Every inch of the forest holds a history of the animals who have visited, the plants that have grown, even what the weather had brought. I smell snow and dew, frost and rain, and the warmth of spring sunshine. Wrapped in a world of new smells, I forget I'm looking for my grandmother. Wrapped in a world of new smells, I forget I'm looking for my grandmother. I weave between boughs, squashing shoots and cracking branches, sniffing, sniffing everything I find, trying to work out what each scent is. Then my ears turn to the sound of water gurgling, and I tilt my head, confused and delighted by this new sensation. I smell the fresh, cold river, and mixed in with it the earthly scent of my grandmother. I found her again. I race towards her, tripping over my feet with every step, and collapse onto the river bank. My tongue lolls out as I catch my breath. Drool flows from it, and I slop it back into my mouth, flustered with embarrassment. My grandmother stands in the shallows, staring into the bright clear water. She takes a few steps, slams one of her paws into the river, dips her head and pulls out a fish. She carries it to me and drops it at my feet. Eat! I look at the raw, dead fish with puncture marks in its side and frown. I can't eat this. Why not, my grandmother asks. It's good. It's fresh. Because, I shake my head, I want to say something about how it should be cooked or how I'm human. But before my thoughts can form into words, my grandmother splashes back into the river. She catches another fish, carries it over and sits next to me, tearing at its head. I remember sitting here when I was a cub, watching my, man my grandmother fish and eat. So many memories are bobbing up from the depths of my mind. They feel like missing parts of me, finding their way home. I take a deep breath and my lungs swell to the size of barrels. Suddenly I'm aware of all the colours in the canopy. While I slept the day away, the blankets of white over the forest shrank. Only drabbles of snow remain on the conifers and their needle-like leaves shine a thousand shades of green. Isn't it beautiful, my grandmother leans against me, and a smile bursts across her face, revealing pink gums and long, white teeth. Aren't you happy to be home? A smile lifts the corners of my mouth as I realise I am, but there are questions bubbling through me too. Why did I leave, I asked suddenly. If I was so happy here as a cub, 
Why did I leave? That doesn't matter now. What matters is that you come home. My grandmother blinks lazily, then closes her eyes against the ray of the setting sun. Please, I fidget beneath the weight of my grandmother. I need to understand what happened. My grandmother sighs. Sometimes your curiosity was insatiable. You were always wandering off, looking for new stories and adventures. One night you disappeared and returned with a wolf claw. I have no idea how you got it. Her body rumbles with laughter, but then she sighs again and her face falls. You were curious about humans too. You followed hunters and woodcutters and herb gatherers. You'd stare towards the village at night. When there were festivals, you'd creep far too close. I tried to stop you, tried to warn you, but you wouldn't listen. Her eyes well with tears. Eventually, you were more human than bear, and I had to let you go. Feelings flow back, making sense of my memories. I chased birds because I wanted to talk to them. I wanted friends. I gazed at the distant village because I longed to go there. I loved the sounds of music and laughter. I loved the excitement fizzing in the air. I remember seeing Mama Chica before she was my Mama Chica, collecting berries in the forest. I followed her because I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be like her. I left because I wanted to be human. I wriggle free of my grandmother and rise to my feet. My body seems lighter, my head clearer. But you've returned now, my grandmother smiles, and I'm so pleased. I never understood the desire to be human. You and your bo father both had it. My father? My ears turn towards her. Your father, my grandmother nods. My son. Like you, he kept getting distracted by humans as he grew older. And like you, he turned into one and left. Can you tell me about him? I ask. Those memories are gone, long forgotten dreams. It's better to forget and just enjoy being a bear. Being a bear is a gift. Please, I try again. I don't know anything about my father. If you could tell me something about him, even a little, it would mean the world to me. My grandmother stares at the river for so long, I don't think she's going to say anything else. But then she opens her mouth and begins a story. It's Anatoly Wood with Once Upon a Time. The Bear Boy Once upon a time there was a young bear who was sometimes a boy. He didn't know why. He asked his parents the bears are and the bears arena, but they couldn't answer him. They thought it might be something to do with a wish, or something to do with a curse, but their memories were faded, and they only ever remembered being bears. They told him to look at the sunlight in the canopy, and the moonlight on the streams, to catch fish and forage for berries, to roll in pine needles and to talk to birds, and to enjoy being a bear. They said if he did this, and wished hard enough to be a bear, he'd stop turning into a boy. But it didn't work. The young bear was a storm of confusion. One day a bear, the next day a boy. His confusion grew into torment. He couldn't sleep or eat. 
He was weighed down with unhappiness and ached to know why he was different. He wandered through the forest, asking every soul he found, Why am I sometimes a bear and sometimes a boy? The birds in the trees didn't know, the animals in the burrows didn't know, and the fish in the stream didn't know. Finally he came to the house with chicken legs, deep in the darkest part of the forest, and he asked who lived there, why am I sometimes a bear and sometimes a boy? I'm something of an expert on souls, the Yaga said, and I see your soul is both bear and human. You need to choose to be one or the other. But how do I choose, asked the boy. Well, the Yaga stared at him thoughtfully. You know how to be strong and independent and live in the forest as a bear. So now you must live. So now you must learn how to live with humans. Then you'll be able to choose. The young bear thanked the Yaga and wandered north. There he saw a sailing ship, gathering fish from the green bay. He swam to the ship and climbed aboard. At first the fishermen were scared and backed away from him, but when they saw the bear haul up fishing nets and basket traps, they realised he could be useful, and they soon became accustomed to his presence. The ship sailed the northern sea, from the calm east to the stormy west, collecting fish and kelp and crabs, and slowly the bear boy became part of the crew. He learned how to help and be helped, how to depend on others and have others depend on him, and how to be strong on his own, but even stronger as part of a group. Season passed, and the bear boy grew into a human man. He forgot all about his time as a bear, although sometimes he dreamed of talking to birds in a sparkling canopy or rolling in pine needles till his first smelt of sap. But the sea air blew his dreams away and if there had ever been a curse, it was also forgotten, buried by his wish to stay at sea as part of a crew.